Oh, there you go. Wrong start. <laughs> I did that yesterday as well. Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Don Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to leaders from across the globe and uh, professional coaches. And I'm delighted this week on the podcast to be joined by a fellow barefooter. Claire Foy. Claire is Head of Learning and Professional Development at Coots, uh, but also now a fellow, well, I guess what are we now? Students, I guess? Followers? Uh, participants on the Barefoot Coaching course. Claire, welcome to Coach Class. Great to be here. Now, listen, we've only known each other for, what, a few days, I guess, a few hours. We've spent 12 hours together on the Barefoot course. So before we get stuck into that, just give us a little bit of background about you. How did you end up where you are today? Oh, gosh, long story. Um, okay, so really simply, I was brought up in the Caribbean, very, very lucky. Went to boarding school in the UK and um, have really my, my roots and my, my heart and soul are on a beach barefoot and just living a very, very simple life. And I think when I was about 26, 20, 25, 26, um, Everyone said to me, you know, you've got a degree. What are you doing being a waitress? You've know, got to sort yourself out, go and get a real job. So I, I did. I, I looked all over the island that I was living on and uh, found a job in Coots. Didn't even know what Coots was at the time. Didn't really mind because I was quite happy being a waitress, but got myself a job um, and worked there for, for four years. And then again, that sort of niggle people saying to me, oh, you know, you really should go and work in, in a big city, you know, experience big city life and then work, see what it's like to work there. So I actually got a secondment from the Cayman Islands to the Coots London office. It was a three-year secondment. It was quite unsettling, actually, because every time I felt unhappy, I thought, well, I could just go back to Cayman. But I actually met my husband, my now husband, and married, and I've been here ever since. So I kind of worked my way up through Coots, really by complete default, um, but there's there's always been this sort of niggle in me that I want to do something. I want I want to. I'm not a city girl at all. Um, I live in the country now, but I still have to work in the city when when this pandemic's over, in theory. Um, and I've I've always looked for that career that I can just do from wherever. And at work, coaching has been, I suppose, the the anchor to every single job I've done. Coaching is the one thing that comes out on top of uh, of joy. So to find something called barefoot and have coaching and to get a qualification in it. And I've met lots of people that have done barefoot and I've never heard anything but incredible reviews. So that's kind of how I got here. And I love that. I mean, there's so much in that I want to delve into. I love the fact that, you know, your preference is to be barefoot. And it's something I thought about a lot, actually, even in the last sort of 72 hours. It was one of those shower moments where, you know, you're sort of thinking, what have this coaching course already feels quite profound to me, the connections that we've made. And I was trying to work out what is it about the group of people? And it's almost like everyone's arrived at this place and they really want to be there. It's like an eagerness, isn't there, to learn and to and to really sort of feed off one another. The, the dynamic and level of trust is, is quite high quite early. Is that how you've felt it as you've joined the group? Yeah, 100%. And I think like any new group, you're very anxious to meet people and you think, you know, crikey, I've got 
four or five months with these people and I don't know them and I don't know if I can trust them. And, and as you said, you know, this is something that we've all built up for many years to get to. And when we finally arrive, we all, we put so much emphasis on it. And what really struck me actually is on day one um, or day two, as it was, how uncomfortable so many of us felt. It was almost like we were like, we're, we're ready to go, but we're now really anxious that we've taken on too much and this is our moment. And, and, and is it the right moment? Because we don't want to waste it. It was lovely to hear that everyone felt that. Absolutely right. It's so funny because I joined that day and I was like, I was beating myself up because I thought I've been looking forward to this for a week and now I've come in completely the wrong mindset. I'm, I'm stressed out. I've just been having a conversation and reliving something that I'm not still obviously not over <laughs> as it transpired when we got into a coaching session late that morning. But also just how quickly in a five minute listening session or in a 15 minute coaching session on day two, just how deep you can get actually yourself and vocalising whatever you're thinking about, but also just how supportive you can be of the, the other person. There was something that, um, you know, there's loads and loads of stuff we're learning, but there was one thing from Parslow that, that stood out that was to be a successful coach requires a knowledge and understanding of process as well as the variety of styles, skills and techniques. And you pointed out that, it, that the key word in that paragraph was a knowledge, not the knowledge but a knowledge. Yeah, that was really important for me because I, I think I've spent all my career thinking I'm doing coaching. And part of coming on barefoot was that nervousness that someone was going to tell me everything I've done was wrong and that I'm not a coach. And, and so to see that word a knowledge just kind of meant that there the really is, there is no perfect way to coach. We all have our own style. And that's really settling because I've not had that experience in other coaching training. You know, it's like, this is the way we do it. And if you do it any other way, then you're not a coach. So yeah, that word was really, it, it stood out quite strong for me that. I was trying to explain to somebody who I, I volunteer with at, um, at a radio station and she was sort of saying, oh, how are you getting on? And I was walking the dog. So already I was trying to, I was trying to rectify what had happened on day one. I thought, right, day two, I'm going to go and walk the dog before this session. And I'm not going to have a stressful conversation. I'm going to have a, you know, like a positive conversation. Anyway, I was chatting to Mary and I was saying to her, it feels to me already like coaching is a bit like speaking to someone with a blindfold on and that you're helping them remove it. Then you're giving them a torch. And by the end of the session, the lights are on. They found what they're looking for. And they can crack on now with this sort of newfound knowledge of something that they've discovered. And for me, that was just kind of like giving ourselves permission as the coach just to go, your role in this is to help them discover what it is that they're trying to find. Your role isn't to fix them or give them the answer. Yeah, you're right, Dom. And do you know what? When we talk about reflection, I, I really, I've reflected so much over the past sort of few sessions that we've had. Um, and that role of a fixer has, it, it's quite uncomfortable with me. And I wonder why, like, I'm almost, I'm almost worried that I've, everything I've done my whole life is to be a fixer, is to try and save people. Um, and I hope it's not, but there was a, a really interesting moment. I think it was on the second day this week where we were watching a coaching interaction and, and almost all of us were desperate for them to get to this kind of this, this success point in the coaching session, you know, like you've got 15 minutes and you need to have achieved something in that 15 minutes. And as, as coaches, we, we were all kind of sitting there with this sort of urge in our belly saying they haven't come up with anything yet. They haven't come up with anything that, you know, this 15 minutes has got to be a success. It was, I think one of the tutors 
Claire said, you know, it's not about your success. It's what does the, what does the coachee want? And that was so powerful to me because even, even later when, when we were doing our own coaching session, I do remember listening and, and really listening. Like you, I probably only said three sentences. It felt like I only said three sentences um, in 15 minutes. And the urge in me to have a goal at the end of it, have steps for the person to take was so powerful but I held back and I didn't do it. And they came up with one thing that they could do themselves. And, and actually what they said in the end was, you know, just talking through that was enough for me. And, and that was a huge <laughs> reflection of me. Like I jump into fix and I definitely don't need to fix people. Since leaving Asda, I've been doing you know various bits of consultancy, mainly social media. I kind of fell back into the thing that I used to love doing at Asda. And my wife used to struggle to articulate when people said, oh, what's Dom up to these days? She'd say, I don't really know. He just seems to have clients. He goes to see them and he just talks to them. <laughs> and I just think, yeah, that's kind of true. That's what I do. I go in and I chat to people. And I'm sort of now imagining this sort of future version of me. And Becky will have to say, what does Dom do now? He just goes and listens to people. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You, you do. You almost feel like, I don't think I've earned my money. <laughs> that's the weird thing. You sort of sit there for, I mean, even 15 minutes in these practices and we're not, we're not earning money for this, but sitting there going, I haven't done anything. Um, but that that control, and actually I think that's a reframe for us, isn't it? It's a real, you know, we need to know that by having that control, we have something that other people don't. And and that's almost that that space to think is what people are, are going to come to us for. One of the things I wrote down was um, attention is an act of creation. This idea that it's very rare in life, and we were talking just off air, weren't we, about how busy people's lives are how work is kind of seeping into every hour of every waking moment even if you've clocked off other people are clocking on because that suits them to you know take the kids out Mm. in the afternoon and go back on in the early evening and that anxiety then that's driven when going I don't turn my phone on because I know there'll be work to do but also if I leave it I've got to come to it tomorrow so there, there aren't many places are there in normal life whether that's at home or in work where you actually get absolute quality listening where the other person one isn't judging you so you don't have to kind of self-edit because I find myself sometimes self-editing there's something I want to say and I say it but as I hear myself saying it I'm like double thinking because I'm going do they care do they want to hear this are they thinking oh god here he goes again or or you've told me this once already Dom shut up whereas actually when you get that quality time with somebody it's like it's so powerful, isn't it, to know that the person opposite you actually is listening and is not going to interrupt you. What, what's really interesting with that as well is the shift that we're going to have to make with our clients, that that difference from sort of, say, as you were saying, Dom being the talker, the, the advice giver, the supporter of, you know, movement to Dom sitting there quietly. And I think there was um, one of the girls on our, our course she, she made a joke. She was saying how she tr- practiced it on her partner that evening and they had a leak. And she says, well, what is it you think we should do about the leak? And he was like, I don't need this right now. And it was that really, you know, she was being that, she was try- practicing her coaching in that very sort of, you know, what do you think? Let's listen and let's just relax. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. We, we actually ran a program at Coots, um, a leadership program called Time to Think. And we, we took our leaders away for two days the battles to get them out of the office. Do I need to do this? Really? Is it really important? Can we not just do it over the phone or all this stuff? And the difference, we actually took them up to the Peak District 
and the difference in them in two days was just profound. They're like, oh, it's just so nice to be away from a computer, away from my team, away from the noise, the buzz of the office, and just have time to think as a leader. And, and you're absolutely right. Sitting and thinking where somebody is just giving you the attention, but really listening, that real active listening. And, and quite often they'll say one sentence that is so profound. In fact, in my coaching session, um, it was interesting because I was rambling on and on and on, just going on for ages. The, the girl that was coaching me, just she paraphrased what I'd said and she used two different words. She's, I was talking about this huge project that I've got to do and it, it was so seismic that I just couldn't, I couldn't bring it down into the paper that I needed to produce. And she said, so what would make this foundation tangible? And I was like, oh my God, like that's it. You've d- that's it. You've just said it. The word foundation. That's it. That's what I need to do. I just need to write a foundation paper and it needs to be tangible. And, and I think, again, she probably said four sentences to me in 15 minutes. And, and she's like, I don't think I did a good job. I was like, you did an amazing job. And it was, it was that time, time to be heard and time to ramble. Nancy Klein would say, allow the client to find the treasure. What treasure are you hoping to discover? And I, I'm already imagining you on the beach in Belize, <laughs> digging away with your little <laughs> plastics sort of shovel, you know. What, what, mm-hmm. As you sort of project forward six months, you know, what, what's the thing that you're hoping to have discovered through this process? Great question. I think, I think it's twofold. I'd like, I'd like personal security in, in the knowledge that I really can coach and I really can help people without saving them, if that makes sense. So help people by coaching properly and, and giving them that time. For me, long term, it is, it is about building that practice that I can have a better life with my family, whether that's on a beach. I mean, ironically, I read a, a, a book by a guy who, who retired to Australia when he was like 35 and, and was sitting overlooking the Gold Coast um, on his balcony. He was just about to do um, a video call with um, you know, somebody in California. And I just thought, now that's how you do coaching. <laughs> but actually, it was, it was more that, you know, to, to really be able to coach to be able to have a better life with my kids um and and to coach people that they have that light bulb moment for themselves and that i think you know nancy also says i'm terrible at verbatim quotes but but it's you know they know the answers already you know that the the brain that has the sort of the the problem of the thoughts also has the answers and i love that because I think that's part of the anxiety of, of coaching is that you think, well, if it's in an area I know, then they'll be good. But actually you might be worse because you chip, you try, you have to hold back chipping in. But the beauty is, and it goes back to that tension, looking at the person you're coaching and honestly believing they have the answers. You know, we leak the truth as human beings. So your coachee will know if you think that there's no way they can crack this. But if you believe that they can and believe they've got the answers, even if they don't believe, then they'll find it. And, and you know, I always talk to um, people, it's a bit like having a five-year-old. If your five-year-old came home from school and said, I don't know how to do my maths homework, and you went, don't worry, I'll do it for you. You know, they'd never learn. And this is really about allowing them to do their maths homework themselves and, and, and learn it themselves. I absolutely love that phrase you just used a moment ago, that humans leak the truth. And I think the way I was trying to imagine it was... Just keep listening or you'll miss the magic. 
and having the confidence. And, and I think they, they said on the course, you know, just like trust the process. And when you see it happen, it's a real privilege to be in the room with somebody else, another human who has just discovered from themselves something that is really, really enlightened them. You know, that you, you see the light bulb moment and they look in wonder and awe and you just think, wasn't I lucky to be able to share that moment with them? Listen, we could chat all day long, right? But, you know, we can't because the podcast cometh to an end. But it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you, Claire. It's been even better getting to know you already and getting to meet you. Um, I'm imagining one day that we're going to have this interconnected coaching practice. I'll be on one beach, you'll be on another beach, and we'll be running these amazing retreats. That, that, that's that's the future I'm imagining. Who knows if we'll get there, but even just the thought of it makes I'll go me, with that one. It makes me feel better about today. So listen, Claire, you're obviously a head of learning and professional development at Coots, but also a fellow barefooter. Thank you so much for joining me on Coach Class. My pleasure. Thanks, Dom. 